up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast, March edition. I'm here with uh, Rob Roach and AJ Petrarca. Um, welcome to the first recording in addition of our, our podcast series. Uh, Rob, AJ, thanks for hanging out. Um, you guys maybe want to do a little intro on yourselves? I'll start. I'm AJ Petrarca, um, general manager of sales here at the chemical company. I manage a basket of products that include... Um, urea, glycols, uh, dicyandiamide, um, NatureFlex 509, um, which is a non phthalate plasticizer, um, based out of our um, home offices here in Jamestown, Rhode Island. And um, yeah, looking forward to getting, getting the podcast kicked off. Yeah, and I'm uh, Rob Roach, president of the chemical company. Um, pretty much manage uh, on a macro level the sales of the company. Um, and steer the ship pretty much is what I do uh, 20 years 20 plus years now into this and uh, love what I do same thing for you AJ right coming on 10 10 years has it been 10 years I'm nine years in going on I think 10 in uh, in June will be I'll be my 10 year anniversary so I'm almost a decade in kind of crazy yeah we were nice. just saying like when I you know just seemed like yesterday I was the the young guy at the office now I'm the old guy at the office <laughs> Carrie just introduced me the other day as the old guy so yeah yeah and I'm happy to say I hired AJ after he did about 20 push-ups so <laughs> when uh, I showed up in my in my full suit and Rob was in board shorts and a backwards hat and sunglasses yeah <laughs> things haven't changed too much <laughs> Um, and my name is Ben Swicky. I'm the, uh, the marketing manager for the chemical company. Uh, so we're looking forward to getting this podcast series running. I think we're excited for where we can take it and the different uh, people we can feature and things we can talk about um, month to month as a, a supplement to our View from Jamestown uh, email newsletter. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, first things first, just kind of what's going on, what's on your guys' mind, anything high level, any things coming up, vacations, um, you know, big... Uh, breaking news things going on what's uh what's happening in your guys's mind i can say the number one thing that's on my mind and i think most everybody's mind is freight i think everyone's sick of talking about it but it's still front and center and that's i was actually just chasing down our logistics guys outside trying to you know get answers on freight rates and stuff like that um it's a constant and and worsening problem um i don't know big picture that's pretty much what i spend a lot of my day on lately is is just trying to figure out logistics and how to improve and and you know secure product to get it to customers on time that's pretty much you know the the big topic of conversation lately yeah i'd pretty much mirror that um it's uh we don't need to beleaguer that point i think we've gotten the the point across in in our prior uh, view updates <clears throat> but yeah the uh you know i i tend to keep my tv on in my office nowadays because uh geopolitical trends uh, what donald trump tweets um what's happening in the world war um this is what drives our business um shortages um lack of availability availability of this um uh, who's going to be president of what country? I mean, these are the things that really drive our business today. Uh, certainly pay attention to the, the major things like natural gas, oil, propylene, ethylene, benzene, et cetera. But it's, it's amazing how quick things affect our business and how small the world is today. Yeah, and I think, um, I think one of the 
recent topics coming up too is the the thaw season starting. I think AJ can probably speak to that a little bit. Um, you know what that is, how it's going to affect our customers, our our suppliers, as well as pretty much anyone in the related industries. Yeah, so the thaw season specific to uh, the urea business that we do. Um, we represent Yara on urea, and we bring um, bring material down from um, our terminal in Contracore, which is just outside of Montreal. And um, you know, starting on March fifth is uh, what they call the thaw season, where we have to, um, you know, we have to decrease the amount of urea we ship per truckload. Just um, you know, just so it's easier on the on the roads, and that typically lasts for. Was that for a month or two, typically? Yeah, a couple months, usually. Yeah. So that's going to, you know, so so for Super Sac customers, it's going to mean, you know, instead of getting a truck with 22 Super Sacs, it's going to come with 21 Super Sacs. Um, so something we deal with with every year. And, of course, if you're shipping less, your, your freight rates are higher. The cost of freight is higher. So the cost of goods is higher. We usually don't pass that along to our customers. Um, but it's, you know, it's a fact of life that... Uh, 40,000 pounds versus 42,000 pounds is, you know, means that uh, the same freight rate is that much higher. And that's an annual thing. So that's, we deal with it every year. It's not just specific to us. It's not something going on in the industry today. It's just that, that season. Mm -hmm. um, I think something else, obviously, Trump's uh, politics always kind of in the news in one way or another. Um, one of the most recent... Um, Things he's mentioned was uh, potential tariffs on steel and aluminum. Um, while that might not directly affect our business, you know, how might that, you know, shape the chemical industry or affect the chemical industry, uh, import export wise? It's going to have massive impacts. I mean, if if it really goes through and there's retribution from the EU or or Asia or Canada or Mexico. It's going to affect our business, so it will have direct impacts. I mean, it's it's common for us to import goods from the EU, from Middle East, Latin America, Asia, wherever in the world. Duties and tariffs are um, a way to balance, if you will, the um, ec economics of you know the the economics of the country producing versus our country and the costs. We obviously pay our workers well and. Some countries don't, and the cost of labor is a major factor in goods. So um, it, it makes us nervous. Um, we're big partners with major producers in, in the EU especially, and if, if there is a trade war, it's not good for us. It's, uh, it means that there'll be higher duties to import products, and, and that means that uh, maybe some of our producing partners may back out of uh, North America. And I think all these things kind of tie, tie into, you know, the, the marketing campaign that we've pretty much just started and are really starting to roll out there um, around our security of supply campaign. Um, maybe, Rob, if you want to talk about, you know, what that is, why we're promoting that so heavily and why you think that's going to be so, you know, prominent in the next three, six, 12 months, even longer. Well, it's... There, there's never really a total balance. It's usually a buyer's market or a seller's market. I mean, in, in today's world, it's a seller's market, and, and we won't take advantage of that. But really, security of supply is something that is a factor in every level of our business. You know, whether it's the security of AJ and my job, we're happy in our job, we share the profits, we, we're long-term employees, that means that our customers are protected. We see the same faces. We, we, you know, we trust the people uh, over time. 
as leadership, my father and I, we, you know, protect this company through credit insurance, through massive amounts of liability insurance. Um, we partner with large, vertically integrated producers that, you know, know that investment in the what they have is important, and uh, we secure the logistics. Uh, we have a separate logistics division that is also uh, insured liability-wise, and and they're um, you know so, and then and then our customers. You know, once uh, once they're a customer of ours, we we protect them. We make sure we 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 lose money at times by keeping a lot of product and in inventory for them. Uh, you know, we make sure that if they're going to buy from us on a rateable basis, if they're a true partner of ours, that we're a true partner to them. Uh, whether it costs us money or not, we're not looking for every last penny. So in summary, it really is just on every level, the core of our business, security supply is what we bring, not only to our customers, but our producing partners. Absolutely. Um, anything else, news, uh, trends going on? Anything you guys see going on that's going to you know, be a recent impact, a potential long-term impact, anything else going on in the market? Well, I don't know, AJ. What do you think? I think that there's some complacency right now. I see, you know, there's uh, maybe a, a quiet period right now. Uh, people think that prices are going to go down. I, I don't believe so. I think that um, there's very high demand out there right now. Um, we're having a hard time keeping our inventories full because demand is good. Um, if there is um, an outage, um, a force majeure at just about uh, any one of the products that we handle, it's going to be catastrophic because there's been so much production in China that's simply gone away. And uh, the chemical industry has been very dependent on low-cost goods from China for a decade now. They've gone into a new realm in their country where they don't want to pollute. They don't want to you know, those people that were champion this, uh, champions of industry and heroes of industry are now criminals uh, and, are, and they're shutting these plants down and they're turning the power off if they're polluting. So I think that it's not a good time to be complacent. It's not a good time to do, you know, re reverse auctions and put things out to bid. I think you really need to uh, be a true partner to your suppliers, wh whoever they are. Um, so... That's what, that's what I kind of, you know, even like propylene is down this month. Uh, I think it's U-shaped. I think it's going to, I think it's going to pop. It's going to come back and prices are going to move up. Uh, it's a good time to maybe build inventory right now. And so that segues kind of nicely into our next, uh, next category, so to call, um, you know, pricing updates, trends, what do you guys see going on um, as we kind of swing fully into March? Um, what do you guys seeing in the raw material energy markets? I can speak specifically to urea. Um, urea price, prices have been flat um, through Q4 into Q1 of, of 2018. Um, we did increase uh, prices for March strictly based on freight. Um, you know, again, going back to the, to the, to the freight thing. Um, but, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see an uptick in, uh, in pricing going into, into April just as the... Uh, as the ag season gets into full spring, um, full swing, and people, you know, start to buy, you know, start to build inventories and, and uh, you know, make fertilizers, um, you know, for the upcoming season. 
Um, you know, also what goes along with urea is disiandiamide. Um, prices have spiked tremendously, um, you know, from the end of 2017 until now, um, just with all the troubles um, in China with the, with the regulatory changes. It seems like it's plateaued a little bit now that everybody has their, their you know, material in place for the ag season. Um, so we'll, we'll see where the price goes from here. That's probably going to be stable to possibly down a little bit. Um, you know, as we go into the into the summer months. Interestingly, um, oil's been above 60 despite record production here in the United States. It's also been following the Dow, which has been interesting. I've been watching that a good bit lately. You know, when we talk about supply from China, I, I hate to flog this horse, but we talk about supply from China and the lack of supply from China. You know, a good example is coal. You know, coal, they stopped production of coal um, in China over the winter. They had a hard winter. Coal prices went up significantly, and the United States started supplying significant amounts of coal to China. So a lot of people want to look at the lack of supply from China. Well, if there's a lack of availability, availability I'm seeing, I have a problem with that word today. <laughs> availability. Okay, there we go. Uh, the prices of goods into China are rising. And this is getting the attention of our producing partners. If all of a sudden, and the demand, as we know, can be massive in China. So if all of a sudden you could send it to the United States or you could keep it in Europe or you could keep it in the Middle East or you could get a real high price for it in China, where are you going to send it? So that means there's going to be less available for the rest of the world. And... I'm starting to see this, you know, we came out of the Chinese New Year, all of a sudden, you know, something that has supposed to be long forever, 2-ethylhexanol or butanol, for example, prices are way up and people are selling these alcohols into China for high prices, higher prices. And I see this trend continuing. If they need to move their plants away from cities or come into Kenny Parks and there's a lot of disruptions, they still need product. You know, there's still massive populations in Southeast Asia that want goods. So um, this isn't really associated with pricing updates of anything specific, but I think across the board, uh, you're gonna see higher prices, not because of raw material costs rising, natural gas, crude oil, benzene, toluene, xylene, it's because of supply and demand. And you mentioned, I think, a couple of days ago, we were talking about um, crude oil being tied to the Dow, and that was something that was different from what you're used to seeing. I'm a finance guy. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to watching, you know, goods and raw materials and S&P 500, the Dow, NASDAQ. One thing I've been noticing is if the, the Dow goes up, crude oil price goes up. Why, why is this? How, how does that correlate? Is it because... People are now trading in crude and, and, and making profit off of it. This is, it's strange to me. It shouldn't, it, it shouldn't correlate, you know. It shouldn't, especially when you've got, you know, OPEC flooded with oil right now. You've got massive amounts of uh, oil being produced here in the United States and inventories high. Yet we're trading at $62 a barrel, uh, WTI. Brent, 67 69 I mean... Why is this happening? It's just something that I'm, you know, it's a conundrum for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else on pricing updates, trends? Um, well, I think, uh, you know, 
AJ covered some of his products. I mean, you know, you just want to keep an eye on uh, your inventories. I mean, we've also seen a trend in recent years of keeping low inventory, especially at year end. We, we had a very strong December. People saw the uh, forthcoming price increases uh, with the, the transportation issues. Uh, that's something we haven't touched on yet today on in terms of chemical production. All the people that we depend on that sell us the chemicals that we sell, we've seen force majeures, especially in the nylon chain, because they couldn't get raw materials, because the trains aren't showing up, because the trucks aren't showing up, the barges aren't showing up. Weather. Oh, my God. Weather is impacting everything nowadays. We're up here in the Northeast. We've, we've been out of power over the weekend. Luckily, it was over the weekend. And, and by the way, TCC, again, security supply. we got a generator. we got a backup generator. We, we've got a core that will always operate no matter what. If we get a Cat 5, we're going to be operating here. We have DACA or what is it, what's the system called, a uh, Datto system, where we can literally go down and go to Starbucks and continue to operate our business. These are the investments that we make um, in our business to make sure our customers always have rateable supply. And that's why this podcast is good. It's, it's, it's not an infomercial. This is, this is real. When we have a good year, we protect. We protect our customers. We protect our producing partners. We protect our employees. That's what we're all about. And being a private company, we're operating without, you know, the influence of a, you know, a financial oversight from a, you know, a company, a roll-up company. We're, we're still independent. We're growing organically. We're not buying. We're not selling. We just want to do good business for our customers. So, And I think you made a good point, too, with the, the trucking piece with our suppliers even. I think I personally, my, my desk is very close to AJ's and, and Javier's, and I hear him talking on the phone and talking to our logistics guys. And, you know, customers call up and obviously aren't happy with prices going up and aren't happy with delays and stuff like that, which is to be expected. But this isn't just us. It's all the way up the supply chain. You know, we're happy to give customers a, a price and let them manage freight themselves. And they, I think a lot of times, come right back and say they can't do it. You know, so it's it's not just us. And I think it's a important point we've been trying to make that this is just the industry and the way things are going now. Um, and it's not just a TCC problem. It's just, it's an industry problem. I think that's know? a good point because we tend to beat up our trucking partners sometimes and try to get the best rates or the best service. But, I, you know, we need to realize that everybody's kind of going through the same thing, whether it's a producer or an end user, you know, shipping out their finished goods. I think everyone's kind of feeling the same, the same crunch. And I think it took a little bit of time to get to this point where everyone realized that this is a, a real problem, you know, but I think people are, are starting to plan better and, and give, give better lead times just because it's the state of the state of the industry right now. You have to keep in mind that Freight, whether it's rail freight or truck freight for us, is a service. We, we make money on pounds sold of chemicals. So, you know, really, the trucking part is something that we offer as a service to our customers. Uh, you know, and if you look at the macro trends, which, again, are so important, uh, shale fracking, is, fracking is, is exploding right now. What does that mean? More trucks to move wastewater. More trucks to you know, move oil. Um, we had a short period of time where we were trying to move our, our, our trucking to the rail uh, via transmodal, and everybody was doing that. So all of a sudden, the rail lines are backed up. So there really is no, there, 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 is, there is a solution to this, and that's better forecasting and longer lead times. You, you know, right now I've heard, you know, of a couple major producers asking for five weeks lead time. These are domestic producers 
in the United States, lower 48, to domestic customers asking for five weeks lead time. I mean, in 10 years ago, it was just in time, the trend that came, or even 15 years ago from Japan. I mean, this, this is, uh, we're just out of time now. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's amazing to me that, you know, a major, uh, one of the biggest producers in the world here in the United States is now asking for five weeks lead time. It's because they want to deliver on time. And we've used humor and videos uh, on the view from Jamestown. We've put reports out. Now we're putting out a podcast just to educate our customers how important it is to give us enough time. And then, I mean, you know, just the other day, our, our customer service experts were saying, hey, listen, the, the truckers are calling the shots nowadays. So even if you give five weeks lead time and they say they're going to pick up on Tuesday, you know, maybe they got a higher price to haul somebody else and, and they're going to go and run over and do that. So it's not just e-logs and the retiring of all these older drivers and no new young drivers coming into the trucking industry. It's, it's, it's the increased demand on transportation as a whole. And I think you made a good, um, a good point there too, with all the things that we're doing with the view from Jamestown email newsletter, we put the view on the website and now we're starting a podcast and kind of tying back into the security supply campaign is we want to be a, a partner with customers, with suppliers. Um, we want to be talking about, in kind of this format and any format we do, you know, what's going on in the industry and just helping people understand what's going on. Um, I think the, the podcast, I think hopefully will be beneficial. People might, might not have a half hour to go through the view, which is understandable. And, you know, put this 20 minute, half hour podcast on, hopefully a lot of you listening are, you know, sitting at work in the car on the way home, you know, on the road. Um, you know, hopefully we can just keep producing good content and, you know, helping people out and, you know, educating as, as best as we can kind of from our eyes and, you know, from uh, from our view from Jamestown, obviously. Um, featured products, what's what's relevant um, going into March, coming coming into springtime? I think this might be a good category for AJ, uh, managing a lot of the agricultural products. Um, what do you what are you seeing? Yeah, I already touched on a little bit um, about the seasonal demand for urea and dysi. Actually, both of those um, you know have you know nitrogen sources for 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 crops. So going into the into the spring season um obviously demands up on those um as well as different you know phosphates um you know uh potassium you know kcl things like that so anything anything ag related it's it's you know right in the middle of the the high demand season right now um i think also um you know we're going to see an uptick on on other products that go into building materials because that's all this is also the, the demand season when people are making um roofing and adhesives and stocking up because you know now that we're exiting the winter people can can you know do construction outside and and the demand for those type of products will uh will naturally increase um as well as solvents because you know a lot of solvents go go into uh adhesives and, and paints and coatings and building products so um yeah this is typically a high demand season for a lot of a lot of what we what we do so um yeah we're trying to trying to manage it and keep up on everything and i know on the tcc side obviously there maybe isn't a whole lot we can get into this early but i know we've got a couple projects coming up um looking more into latin america um and other regions um any anything you want to share on that front well, yeah, we, you know, we have a lot of new products uh, that we'll be bringing on. Uh, of course, we're careful in each and every product that we bring on before we actually announce it via the viewer or talk to our customers about it. We want to make sure that each step is, is covered and that we have, um, 
you know, all our ducks in a row to make sure that we can supply rateably. Um, you know, the Latin America has been a big growth area for us. We have uh, a lot of investment there. We've got an office in Mexico City and a warehouse in Mexico City. We have um, Javier Fernandez here in the office who manages all of Latin America, and he has people that work for him throughout Latin America. We want to support Latin America. We want to support all the Americas. That's what we are today is an American distribution company. We have some business in Southeast Asia. We also have a few products that are now our own that are reach registered. And we're shipping some back into the EU. Um, some products like um, a dipic acid, 911P, et cetera, that, that we're shipping back to the EU or into the EU. But uh, many of our producing partners are in the EU, and we'll continue to foster those relationships. So um, I think what you were asking was specifically about Latin America. We'll have butane diol, tetrahydrofuran for, for Latin America. Uh, MTBE is still used as an oxygenate there for, for gasoline. We'll have that for Latin America. So there's some exciting stuff that's happening for TCC uh, in Latin America, and uh, we've got great leadership in, in Javier Fernandez. He's also one of the funniest guys you ever <laughs> met. So, um, but uh, yeah, there's there's some real exciting things for the future of TCC, and we're we're always investing in uh, you know where we can uh, help and secure supply to uh, all the Americas. Yeah, and if anybody is anybody listening is looking more for uh, maybe info on, the, on Latin America, South America. Um, we can link up Javier's contact info in the show notes, um, and we'll hopefully have him on the, uh, on the show sometime soon. I think it'll be a good, a good addition. Um, maybe getting into some, some more fun stuff, potentially. Um, got a whole lot on the events, shows, and conferences um, front. Um, maybe AJ, I know you're going to be attending a lot of them and have historically attended a lot of these shows and probably have the best grasp on all of them out of maybe anybody. Um, maybe you want to talk about what's what's coming up. Yeah, this is 2018 is a, a big year for for trade shows for us. Um, a couple of smaller shows just this week that we're we're gonna attend. Um, you know, and, and walk um, the New England Turfgrass Show up in up at the Providence Convention Center um, is on Thursday. Um, also, there's the Foam Expo, which is a polyurethane-specific show, um, kind of a smaller, um, a smaller trade show, but it's 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 really good that it's specifically to to PU people. When we're going to be promoting, um, you know, TDI and polyols and MDI and, and things like that. Um, obviously, the AFPM is is our big one every year. Um, we'll have a, um, a group down there. We're hosting a cocktail party on the on the Sunday night. Hopefully, we can see see everybody everybody there. Um, after that, in April is the coding show, um, which we'll have a, a large booth at um, out in Indianapolis. And then um, after that, in May is the NPE, which is um, you know every three years, and that's um, another another big one for us. So um, yeah, I'll see you at all of them. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously the, the coding show is every two years, correct? And then NP is every three years. Um, and this is the magic year that they're all lined up. The so, stars align this year. Yep. Yeah, should be a fun uh, fun string. Rob, maybe you want to talk about our, our cocktail party at AFPM a little bit, um, kind of why we do it you know, and, and what we're hoping to get, get from it down in San Antonio at the end of the month. Well, it's connected to the, the Western Museum, so you got a chance to go and tour the the Briscoe uh, Briscoe Western Museum is it and yep. Uh, yep. yeah last year was our our first year and it was very well attended the food was amazing the drinks were great 
the people in attendance are, you know, after 20 years, they're all great friends of mine, and it's just kind of nice to see all your great friends and, and have a relaxed time and, and a cocktail with them and maybe some food. Um, it's right on the river walk. It's a short walk from all of the hotels that everybody's staying at or, attend, or, or attending meetings at. We really want it to be casual. You know, we don't want to have, and you know, there's no intense uh, TCC marketing going on there. It's just a time that we can relax, chat, catch up, uh, you know, and find out how our friends are doing and their families are doing, and hopefully everybody's doing well out there. So, yeah, you know, I look forward to the cocktail party. Uh, my father's coming down to AFPM this year, too. He'll be there as well. Um, and we, we always have a large contingent there because everybody independently has a lot of meetings. And, and like AJ, we've got a, a, a lot of very bright and capable people that work for us that, you know, that this is an, a very important event for them to go and, and, and see their contacts and, and plan you know, plan for the coming year, uh, even though it's not the beginning of the year, it's not the calendar year, it's really the beginning of the year. And NPE this year, we usually head over to APIC in Asia, but unfortunately we're overlapping with the NPE, that's the National Plastics and Engineering Show in Orlando. It's a monster, it's the equivalent to the K Show in, uh, in Germany happens every three years i believe and uh 2019 is the next one 2019 is the next one so well, that would be next year the next yep. k show next k show oh the next no mpe i think happens every th oh, yeah, three yeah. years yep. so yep. but yeah we'll be at the k show as well in 2019 but mpe's are you know you you see people from all over the world it's a monster show and you have everything from chemicals and you know equipment and everything there so um but back to the cocktail party, I hope you can come. If you're listening to this, if you're attending AFPM, I'd like to see you there. And uh, it's it's a beautiful event. Yeah, um, a lot going on. It's going to be a busy uh, busy spring and busy first half of the year, but I think it'll be it'll be good. There's a lot of a lot of good stuff happening. Um, one thing I think maybe we backed up a little bit. Um, Rob, you mentioned your dad. You want know maybe talk about your dad, how he kind of fits into the whole equation, just in case anyone's you know brand new to TCC or or isn't familiar with the, the backstory? Well, really, my mom and dad started uh, TCC and, uh, well, reincorporated, but started TCC around 1988. Uh, my mother passed away in 2000. Um, I came in in 1997, around the time that she got ill with cancer. Um, but my father's been running the show um, from the time we had zero dollars in sales now to where we are today. He's 74. He just had his birthday back in, in January. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Dad. Uh, been working 20 years now with my father, and that's a success story in itself. You don't hear too often that, uh, you know, that, that fathers and sons work so well together, and, and together we've grown this company. He calls me a generation and a half because uh, I really came in when TCC was in its infancy, but because uh, usually the second generation ruins the company, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I won't do that. <laughs> Um, but, you know, my heart and soul is in this company because of my father's support. He's been, he's a wonderful, if you know him, he's a wonderful person. He's um, probably one of the brightest, uh, most capable people, person you've ever met. Uh, and he's loyal. His loyalty is amazing. Uh, and he has, uh, after 
40 years or so in this industry. He has a uh, very clean reputation. There's not a bad thing anyone could say about him. He's still the CEO today. He's uh, He works every single day, even though he's 74. We tell him he doesn't have to. Uh, Kerry McNamara, who's uh, the general manager at TCC, and I really run the day-to-day and have for quite a while. But, you know, when it comes to his input, it's it's invaluable. He really has, you know, just the knowledge that sometimes we get frustrated and we want to make a decision, and he says, hey, did you think about that or this? And we go, hmm, well, we didn't. So I think his oversight is something that we really, I think everybody in the company really, uh, you know, we, we really love his oversight and, and we're not rushing him out the door by any means. He can work as long as he wants <laughs> to work. So uh, it's been a great relationship in summary and uh, I love my father. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a little bit of TCC company news and giving back um, under our Love Chemistry campaign. Um, if anybody's not familiar, uh, our Love Chemistry campaign is um, an ongoing campaign kind of around our charitable efforts. Um, I think it's one of the things that makes TCC stick out and stand out. And, you know, as a reason I'm, I'm definitely proud to work here is the massive effort we give and giving back to our local Jamestown community, local Rhode Island community, um, as well as the, the chemical industry and community, um, whether it's school organizations, um, different learning organizations, or just, just worthy causes in general. Um, so kind of on the TCC company news, giving back front, um, what's, what's going on around the office? Well, I think um, short term, what's coming up is we have uh, the science, I, I believe it's a science group, science club at Jamestown School coming to visit to do some science experiments and hear a little bit about what we do here at the chemical company. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with where we are, but we're on a little island in the middle of Narragansett Bay in Jamestown, Rhode Island. We're certainly not in an industrial zone. It's more of a tourist area, but our local school has uh, about 40, 50 kids in this science club, and each year we invite them to the chemical company. We do some fun little chemical experiments, and the uh, science professor there really enjoys it, and, and I think <laughs> I think we do too. It's a, it's a great time. Um, you know, we had a very successful year giving back and raising uh, $540,000 together with uh, the Beavertail Lighthouse Museum Association to preserve Beavertail Light, which is one of the oldest lighthouses, and it's only a few miles from our from our office here, our corporate office in Jamestown. Um, my sister uh, is very involved with, uh, you know, our giving, and we give to a lot of uh, directly to people who are in need. You know, there's some great stories of people that have lost a family member, don't have money, we buy them Christmas gifts, we buy them, you know, we don't, we don't blow our horn on this one too much, but, you know, we're, we're lucky to be successful and we're lucky to be able to give back. And, uh, you know, we, we, we do a lot of it. I mean, is there anything I'm missing, Ben, that you can think of? I mean, there's, you know, we, we, every meeting, every two weeks, we, we talk about how our employees are, how their family is. Is there anything we can do to help them? I think, uh, as I'll echo what Ben says, this is one of the more, most enjoyable, most proud things about my job and my company is that we we give back so much. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's a great position to be in where we can give back so much, both locally in Jamestown, you know, throughout Rhode Island, and kind of throughout the uh, the chemical industry. Um, it's it's a good spot to be in. Um, 
so that kind of wraps things up a little bit. What uh, what's coming up this month? Anything exciting? I know weather's warming up a little bit. We can think about maybe getting some boats back in the water. Maybe do a little bit of fishing. <laughs> hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. Um, anything kind of coming up this month or anything else we we missed? Boat doesn't go in till April fifteenth earliest, but I, I think maybe Ben, you need to comment on the mobile app that we're working on. Yeah. So. At this point, uh, depending when this episode releases, you might actually be listening to the podcast on the mobile app, um, which if you are, you know, kudos to you. Um, but yeah, as Rob said, we have our uh, TCC mobile app releasing uh, sometime in March. Um, we're really excited for it. It's been quite the project um, and taken taken a lot of time and resources to get it up and running. Um, but kind of among our efforts to... Um, stay up to date with different technologies and different ways we can interact and give back to our customers, to our producing partners, um, business partners in general, um, as well as be of use to our own sales team and our own uh, internal customer expert team here. Um, it's going to be a great resource for you know some news around the chemical industry. Um, we have a, a partnership with Petrochem Wire, um, giving uh, weekly price updates and trends um, via them, which will be directly available through the app. Um, there'll be a good uh, list and resource of upcoming trade shows and events, both major trade shows that we'll be exhibiting at or attending, as well as just a good resource for, you know, smaller events we'll either be walking or maybe not even attending, but just good events that the industry should be aware of, um, depending on where your focus lies. Um, so that'll be a good resource. It'll definitely be linked up um, on our emails and on our social media, uh, as well as on the website when it releases, hopefully sometime in the next week or two. Um, definitely pre-AFPM for anyone attending AFPM, so that'll be be ready to go. Um, but I'm excited. I know we're, we're excited to get that out there and, and get that going. And it'll be available for Androids, Apple phone, everything. Android, Apple, um, on the Apple front, both iPhone, iPad, you know, it'll be fully optimized for pretty much any device that's out there, um, which will be nice. You know, we got, we got everybody in mind, and it should be very, very accessible. We look forward to that. Anything else, guys? Pretty much cover it. Just want to welcome our new employee, Michaela Turnquist, um, and our spring intern, Corrine, who will be working on the marketing side with Ben. And uh, I think I've talked enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next, next month.